couple weeks ago, we had the, just the awesome privilege of going uh, to uh, Cartersville, Georgia, to the Discipleship Conference. We had the awesome privilege of having our pastor teach. Uh, we, our worship team got to lead worship one night. Uh, it was just the bonding that we had together. I, I don't know that I really felt it. Uh, and it, was, it was just an awesome thing to see the body of believers come together, knit in love, uh, and really to go over and to have everybody, you know, just really have each other's back. You know, we were all in awkward situations and all kind of the experience. And, you know, of course, we get there as far as the worship team and nothing's working. That's just to use the way it works. Uh, you know, and everybody was just patient. We we're trying to work things out on stage. The girls were praying, you know, and it just, it just clicked, you know, and God, that was God. And it was his Holy Spirit. Uh, and, you know, Jay did an awesome job teaching. Every night was really good. Every day, all the day sessions were really good. Uh, so, again, just check out that material. But I'm going I'm to turn it over to my brother, uh, Josh Hammond, and he's going to share with us for a little bit, and we're just going to go down the row here. So, I'm going to have my... Is this on? All right. <laughs> so, um, I'm Josh, of course, and this is my wife, Jamie. She's going to join me. Uh, our God experience this, uh, during the discipleship conference, um, we experienced it together, really. Uh, so, it was kind of last minute us going. I kind of procrastinated and, and, and tried to figure out whether or not I should use any more vacation time to go there because I've got to save so much time for Zambia this uh, summer in June, so... Uh, but at the last minute, I just kind of said, you know what, we need to go to discipleship conference uh, if, you know, if we're going to do anything else other than the mission trip. Um, so God kind of worked it out. <laughs> when we got there, uh, we got paired with um, David and Lori Allred. Allred. Uh, I always mess their last name up. But um, uh, the cool thing was is um, these guys were... They're going on the mission trip with us in June, uh, and they were put over the, the uh, children's church uh, VBS that we're going to be doing uh, while we're there, and we are assigned to the, the VBS, uh, so God just kind of worked it out to where not only are we staying with uh, people that are going on the mission trip with us, um, but he's also put us with the people that's over what we're going to be doing. So, uh, yeah, and nobody had a hand in it. Jay, I mean, I was figuring, you know, I figured Jay or, or uh, 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 oh, man, Greg, um, the guy that was over <laughs> putting, pairing people up. Um, James DeCoker from Oakland Heights, I figured, you know, he may have had his hand in that. Uh, but when we got there and got to ask some questions, and that they were even curious as to if anybody had uh, their hand in it, uh, and come to find out, nobody knew anything. They didn't, they didn't realize that we were going on the same mission trip, uh, so God just really worked it out to where we could get with who we needed to get with and, and uh, start working on planning for, for that mission trip. And uh, we had a bonfire at their house one night and just got to get with Brittany and a couple others that were going on that trip and uh, really kind of worked things out as far as the game plan on what we we're going to do. Um, so, and the one thing that I took 
from discipleship. Um, I've only discipled one person so far, uh, and that whole it was an awesome experience. But um, I focused so much on making sure that I taught the lesson, and and that I you know I I um, you know just because I'm I critique myself every every time we met, but. Just trying to make sure that I, I I just relayed the message the way it should be relayed, and and I was given all the information and and going through all the verses, which definitely needs to be done. Uh, but one thing that I failed to think about and to do was to really uh, involve my uh, my disciple, the guy that I was discipling in ministry. Um, you know, <clears throat> discipleship begins with evangelism. And um, that's one thing that I, I took from this uh, conference was that when you're discipling somebody, man, you've got to get them involved in the ministry. Um, you've got to, you know, take them out, witnessing to people, sharing the gospel, sharing your testimony. Uh, they've got to get comfortable with that because that's what discipleship is. That's what we're all called to do, to share the gospel and to share our testimony. Um, so... To me, I kind of failed uh, in that aspect of discipleship, uh, but God blessed me with an awesome guy to disciple, so uh, he was very graceful. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that's that was that was what I took from uh, the discipleship conference. Um, so for me, um, I this was my my third opportunity to get to go. Um, and each year, it's been a blessing. Um, each year, we've been taken care of, uh, from food to lodging. God's worked everything out, um, and and I can't I can't I can't tell that enough to you guys. Um, God's gonna take care of you. It's something that you just have to step out on faith. The more that you step out of your comfort zone, I promise you, He's gonna bless you, um, and and you're gonna experience that. But but you've got to make that decision to step out. That's not something He's gonna pull you out of. Uh, and that's the hard part. Um, so that's where you've got to be obedient in doing that. Um, so that part's on you. Um, so, but aside from that, what I got out of this year, really take home was a couple of things. When I um, came to this church, um, I'd been on a mission. God had been pulling on my heart. You know, you, you, I was working Sundays. Um, I just was being hungry, needing to hear of God's word. I needed to be plugged into a church, but... I couldn't come, but just on Wednesdays, and long story short, I walked into here. I was immediately welcomed. There was no um, just clicks or anything. People loved on me. I was getting fed. It was expositional preaching, and then God worked that out eventually where I could be off on Sundays, praise the Lord. And then through that, I was fed, and I heard about discipleship, and then in that, I was saved. I thought I was saved before that, but I wasn't, and, and I learned what it became to be a Christian but in, when I started hearing about discipleship, it was, what's discipleship? What is that? I've never heard it. And then it was, well, I want to be discipled. I want to be discipled. And I'm sitting here stomping my feet like a two-year-old. Why isn't anybody listening to me? And turns out people were waiting to watch what I was doing, waiting for me to be faithful, waiting for me to be obedient. You need to show up every day. You need to, every time those doors open, you need to be doing. You need to be involved. 
do you really want knowledge? What are you here for? What are your intentions? What are you wanting out of this? And then once they kind of, I passed that test, so to say, and they kind of saw what my intentions were, it was like, oh, okay, well, here, I'll disciple you. But in reality, when I got discipled, truth be known, it was, okay, yeah, this is great. Okay, I got homework, I got this, I got that. In reality, I didn't really understand exactly what all I was signing on to. And it's a lot of work. And so understanding that ahead of time, okay, this is going to be a whole lot of work. Understanding that you need to make sure that's laid out and what you're going to need to be done or what you're going to need to do, what that's going to cost you, and that we're not pumping you full of knowledge. That's going to come with your faithfulness. That's going to come with time and with just being obedient. And God's going to grow you, and he's going to show you things that you never thought you would ever know. And he's going to use you in ways that are going to be amazing um, because I am nobody. Um, and, and so praise the Lord. Um, but this year, that, that's what God showed me. Um, so. Okay, so I'm sorry I've been crying already. Um, <laughs> just go ahead and warn you that's going to continue to happen. Um, so this was my first time at a discipleship conference. Um, I've been to other conferences that the Living Faith Fellowship does, um, and every time I go, I get blessed. Um, and this time, um, I actually got to take my mom. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. Um, and we kind of got out of church for a while. Um, and when I started coming to church here, um, a couple years later, my parents started going to church again. Um, and they don't go to a church that has discipleship. Um, and mom's just kind of been watching what God's been doing in my life through discipleship and through this church. Um, and so I invited her to come, and she wanted to go, so she went. Um, and she left there, and she said, I've got to get this going in my church. This, we've got to get this discipleship going. Um, that's the only way our church is going to learn and grow. Um, so... I know my mom left blessed. I left blessed. I was glad that um, she got to see exactly why we do discipleship, reproduce our lives into others, how, why we pour um, not just knowledge into people, but we pour our lives into people when, when discipleship happens. Um, for me personally, um, I felt like a bit of a failure um, after the discipleship conference. I was discipled um, three or four years ago. Um, and I have yet to have the opportunity to disciple someone myself. Um, there have been a couple of non-starts. Um, but then again, it wasn't, I failed in that I wasn't as pursuant of it as I probably should have been. Um, I have, I've been called to missions. Um, and so I've been focusing a lot on that. And I kind of left discipleship off to the side um, and kind of forgot what we're here for, why we're here. Um, and I really left that conference feeling like with a renewed sense of purpose, I need to find someone to pour my life into. I need to spend my time evangelizing, sharing the gospel with others. Because one of the, as Jay's probably said up here a hundred times, 
one of the best ways to find someone to disciple is to lead someone to the Lord. And so I left with kind of a mission in mind that um, my life is no longer just about I want to get to the mission field. It's about this is my mission field right now until he tells me where and when he wants me to be. Um, and I need to, I need to use this just like I, if I was in another country or somewhere else that wait until I hit the mission field to decide now I want to evangelize. It needs to happen now. Um, and <laughs> so it's, I, at the beginning of the conference, I felt kind of like a failure. Um, but then at the end, I, I just decided, you know what, this is, this, is what, this is the reason I'm here. God wanted me to be pricked in my heart that I wasn't pursuing the things that I should be pursuing as passionately as he would have me pursue them. Um, and so I really enjoyed the conference, though I'm sitting up here crying. Um, and, um, you know, I would tell you that if you're sitting in this church and you have not been discipled, that you need to be. But you also need to count the cost. It involves a lot. It's not just memorizing verses and learning. and It's, it's a lifestyle. It's not just lessons in a book. And so you need to take that into account. But... Is not the God that gave his life for us worth that? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, this makes me nervous, but uh, this was my very first time being able to go to the discipleship conference. Um, thankfully, my mom uh, stepped up and uh, said that she would keep all three boys. Um, so um, I gained a ton of knowledge, overwhelmed by everything that I learned. Um, I have some notes here because when I get nervous, then I tend to just babble and forget what it is that I actually want to say. So um, the main things, I was actually convicted more than anything um, at the conference. Um, and it wasn't anything that Jay doesn't say and preach pretty much every Sunday here, um, but I was just convicted to, you know, look outside these four walls of this church building um, to pray for and to, you know, be on the lookout and to seek um, those out in the world, not just the people inside here, but um, to seek opportunities, to share the gospel, um, to look for someone outside this church building to disciple um, because discipleship can't start without salvation. So that's what evangelism is. Um, so I tend to, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I don't have a whole lot of opportunities to get out there and, and meet new people. I don't work at a job where I have co-workers to witness to, um, but I can look for opportunities and people when I'm running errands, whatever it is that I'm doing, I need to be faithful to do that. Um, the other thing that I was convicted of is um, as a discipler, we are um, reproducing ourselves into our disciples. Um, so we've got to be careful what it is that we're reproducing. Um, so, you know, there's a, a saying that... Um, Children learn more by what is caught than what is taught. Um, the same could be said for um, our disciples. 
So, because they're our children, they're our spiritual children, as they're disciples. So, um, so as we go through the lessons um, with them, we've, we've got to be sure about living what it is that we're teaching. Um, another thing, those are my convictions, but I just wanted to share this. So one of the um, preachers um, that shared on one of the nights, uh, his name's Paul Clark, he said, um, many want to be discipled, but few want to be a disciple. And then Kenny Morgan was the, um, the guy that was uh, over the co uh, cost of discipleship class that I was in, and so was uh, Jamie and Josh and Brittany. Um, and he said, we're either going to make disciples or church members. So back to Brittany's point and Jamie's point and Josh's point, we must count the cost of discipleship and decide if, you know, if we really, truly want to do the work that's involved, if we want to sacrifice to follow Christ, or do we just want to come to church? Do we just want to sit in these seats? So, you know, we can even go through the lessons without truly becoming a disciple of Christ. So, it's about, or excuse me, it's not about knowing it's actually about going. So. So this is my first time going to the discipleship conference as well. Um, I was really thankful that Brittany and her mom let me go with them and stay with them there, and Josh and Jamie brought me back. Um, one of the things that really stayed with me is Discipleship is not just going through the 18 lessons and learning, just getting knowledge. It's about one person pouring their life into another and teaching them how to grow in the ward and in their spiritual walk. And it's a relationship that is continuous. It, it doesn't just end after the 18 lessons either. Um, and I'm really thankful for Jamie for for giving her time and commitment to me. Um, I am a preacher's daughter, and I was raised with the type of discipleship that either you go out and you tell people you're going to die and go to hell right on the spot, or you're not doing anything. I've taught you build buses, you do bus routes, you do Thursday night um, visitation, but that's what I was taught, and I was not taught to really teach. Um, I am discipling someone now, and I feel so much like a failure, and sometimes that it's a lot, a lot of work. Um, but at the discipleship conference, the thing that stuck out to me the most was we learned that we can be a simple man, lack of insight, and easily deceived. 
or we can be a prudent man. Foreseeing knowledge, looking after the simple man. Or we can be a scorner, those who don't listen, those who hate reproof, proud and haughty. Or you can be a foolish man, slanders and mocking sin. Or we can be a wise man, loving rebuke, winning souls, departing from sin, and listening to counsel. I, I want to be a wise man. I do not want to be a foolish man. I do not want to be a scorner. I want to be prudent. During the discipleship, all I want to do is please Jesus. That's all I want to do is please Jesus. And I feel like when you disciple, you are pleasing Jesus. And that's what I learned, and I, I enjoyed every moment there. I like to be the guy in the back or the guy you don't even see. But uh, being the carpenter or the security back. But that's, uh, before I came here, I just went to church on Sunday. Sometimes I'd go on Wednesday. Sometimes I didn't go at all. But uh, listening to Jay and how he teaches, it's opened my eyes and I know more about the Bible now than I've ever known. And that's something that, very blessed coming here in the family, and we're a lot stronger. Uh, at the other churches we went to, we, there was just never no bond. We'd come and saw each other, and that was it, and then we'd go about our own ways. And uh, I really didn't want to get involved. I didn't want to, but like I said, I, I jumped into it as working around the, working around the church here and such, and, and like I said, Alex and I are back in the back doing security, but like I said, we're just quiet not to be seen. But... Um, what got me thinking about getting involved a couple of years, uh, two winters ago is while you're all in here, we have people that walk through the parking lot and such. And one, I had a soul walk through that seemed to be very high on drugs and such. And he wanted to come in and panhandle and he wanted to come in and ask for prayers. But my feeling was to keep you all safe that I would just talk to him and give him a ride down the road he wanted to go and such and after I dropped him off and came back I thought that could have been Jesus testing me and I didn't invite him in and I didn't know about enough about the Bible to share it to him so I felt so guilty and I thought I wanted to be a carpenter and, and security but I'm thinking Christ was a carpenter but he went on to it's like wow it's, what did I ask for here but uh, going to this conference, we were going to go last year, and uh, things always come up, always come up. And it wasn't after the fact that I realized, well, even in October's conference in Ohio, that the evil one was always throwing things up there. Oh, you can't go. You've got to do something else. Some, got to some little emergency. And we weren't. We were back and forth this year. If we wanted to really, or we wanted to go, but if we were going to be able to make time. 
There was health issues and other things that just kept coming up and we just didn't understand it. And finally everything was clear enough that I, I didn't care about anything more. We we're gonna go this time. And uh, even up to the very last minute second, there was things always coming up and even being called back to Oregon for something that had to be taken care of, but it really didn't have to be taken care of. This is a little bit more important to do. Going to the Disciple Conference, if I make a little bit notes here, listen to all of you, because I had no idea, but then have to follow behind your testimony. But it was so neat to go and be around like-minded people, like we're here. And, but the thing is, we've got to step forward. If you're coming here on just Sundays, that's not cutting it. It's, you've got to get out there and you've got to, you, we come in contact with so many different people all during the week. And Jay and a dozen churches that we don't think were associated except for Decatur, there's a lot of us all that are like-minded that are all, that is trying to get the word out and trying to change things. I wondered, would, and I've asked Jay, that this church has been around since the 60s, but we're all the people, we're all the children. Were we not sharing back then? I mean, Miss Josie is still doing the classes and such, but something might, might not, must not be right that those, those children have not grown up and are not still coming to this church as adults and their grandchildren. So something's got to change, or maybe they just weren't dis being discipled right, that they weren't sharing enough. I don't, I don't know, I don't have all the, but I decided to get involved, or we decided to get more involved than we've ever been before, and, and it just, this is our friends. This is, we don't have any friends outside. We work and we have family, but as far as friends, it's nice to come to a place that you can share and you can spend more than just Sunday with. Um, and for the ones that think they're not really up on the understanding of going to a disciple conference, Jay has, I couldn't believe going there that Jay has already prepared us to go there. That everything that they're talking there Jay's already prepared us. So don't ever think that you, you don't want to go there because you're not, you don't think you know enough or to, to go and participate. He has prepared you. And if anybody from this point on needs a ride to go to Discipleship Conference, let us know. We'll give you a ride there. And I only have one more thing to say. You go to these different churches and you see different things, but we notice the sound system. <laughs> we don't give I know Cody has a lot to do with it there's a lot of people that have a lot to do with it but that man right there Walt and Mom yes because what we have here is a total blessing compared to a lot of things that's out there thank you but there's one more the best for last so there's two things I'd like to leave you with that, that was my big takeaways for uh, Discipleship Conference. One was the testimonies of the people that were there. This was my second year going. Uh, I won't lie to you, uh, Kenny Morgan, my first year, taught the intro class, and it was like trying to drink from a fire hose. This, this man, I was like, I just remember my crayon couldn't go fast enough, and my ears were bleeding. I'm like, wow, this guy is flying. So this year, he's doing cost of discipleship. He gives his testimony, unbelievable. This guy who, with so much uh, 
conviction and authority, preached the word of God in this class. I heard his testimony, and his testimony's like, yeah, I had a, a 1.6 GPA in Atlanta, Georgia. I couldn't finish high school. And I'm like, this guy, if you hear him talk, he should have had a doctorate. It was, and, and that's the testimony of Jesus Christ, though. Like, they, Jesus can take a man that could barely pass high school, maybe didn't, and turn him into one of a teacher that I couldn't even keep up with, right? So that testimony, I was like, man, that blew my mind. The next one was Kale. Uh, we're hoping to get him here. He's going to be going to Hungary. And um, I got a chance to talk to him one night. It was at Joe McCake's house. But uh, I got a chance to talk to him, and he got to share what, how God prepared him to go to the mission field. So it was really interesting in the fact that uh, God will, will, again, he said, I, you know, I felt the call to missions, and that path leading all the way to really confirming in his life, go to missions, I related to that. So I'll tell you that the power of testimony and the fact that I can hear those things and I can relate them to my life. Um, it's worth going just for the people. Like you've heard a lot about like-mindedness and stuff like that. Uh, the next thing I want to leave you with was the fellowship. Um, I was trying to think in my head, how, how can I explain what the fellowship was like? Uh, the best way I can relate it is as soon as service is over, what you'll notice is we'll have groups, a giant group of people that maybe didn't get the memo that church was out. And they just linger, right? Y'all probably seen this. It's like that for a week long. It's incredible. It's, it's, uh, so for an entire week, you stay with these people, and, and it's, it's like instantly you have a connection with them, and the fellowship is incredible. It's like, it's like additional members at our church. It's people that you, you just instantly have like a kinship with. Uh, and the other thing is, for the people that went with us, Cody mentioned it, and, and I'd like to echo what he said. The fellowship that I had with the people here, it was incredible. So... Again, with all that being said, uh, it's definitely, you, you've heard a lot of testimonies, but it's definitely worth the investment. And uh, if you get a chance next year, if it be your first year, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's worth the time. I uh, hope you all were blessed with this. Good morning. I'm Jonathan Head, and this is my beautiful wife, Kimberly. So we, so we didn't know whether or not we were going to the discipleship conference, and then I come in church one Wednesday night, and there Kim hits me with those eyes like, uh-oh, something's wrong, and she said, hey, the worship team's been asked to lead worship one of the nights of the discipleship conference, and I said, well, I guess that means we're going, and so we went, we even took our 12-year-old son, and he sat through all the sessions, took all the notes, because more is caught than taught, and we didn't have anybody else to keep him, so, and my wife is really nervous right now, so I'm going to let her talk first, so that. Um, it was, it was such a pleasure to go. Um, I've already told John we have to be there next year. It was an amazing time to be with like-minded Christians. I mean, we come to church, and we spend the little bit of time that we get here, and it's amazing to get to know you guys as family and to get um, to love on you guys and y'all love on us. But it was such an amazing time to be able to this, to spend the time. Like Colin said, we were in the foundation, I think it was called foundations class, and uh, which was the first step. It was like drinking from a water hose, y'all, like a fire hydrant. It just was this information blowing at you and so hard to take in. But um, the biggest thing that I came away was... Um, 
that discipleship really is just about um, pouring your life into someone else and having them pour their life into you, but you have this lifelong walk with these special people in your life, and I can't tell you what that really truly is. Um, I was discipled about 18 years ago, 19 years ago, and um, I didn't have that the first time around. And I'm going back through it again with Miss Allie, and it, it's an amazing thing to get to have such a close-knit bond with another deep Christian, just learning from them, walking with them, and learning how to grow and to go. Um, one of the other big things that I took from the Discipleship Conference was, you know, we're so excited to share some new product that um, excites us or a new parenting book that we've come across that has great information um, that we think we can really use and grow from. But are we as excited to share the gospel with those that are around us? Is he as valuable to us as little nuggets of truth that we come across in our life? And um, that was the thing, the biggest thing that I came away from. It wasn't in our lessons per se. It just was what God imparted to me. And getting to see my family, to see my son, take in the information from the discipleship conference. It's not the best place to homeschool, <laughs> but um, it was a really great thing to see how much information he took in and applied since then and us as well because we've got so much growing to do we've got so much changing to do and we're just glad that you guys are patient okay so real quick because i want cody to at least have to get to point number one of his sermon <laughs> psalms 19 7 says the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making the wise simple. So our second session, we came back from break from our first session after being taught that everything you do in church points to discipleship. And we show back up in the room and here are five chairs facing us with these t-shirts on it. And each t-shirt had a word on it. And then Brother Corey Gordon, he starts preaching and he preaches this message that every person in this world that you come in contact with is discipled. And we were like, now wait a minute, now wait. And then he says, number one, the simple. And he calls my son up there, and he puts this shirt on him that has the word simple on it, and it's empty. It's a clean white shirt, and he sits down, and he starts telling about the simple. And basically, the simple one is a blank sheet of paper. And then he says, hey, Alabama, which was talking to me because I had my Nick Saban shirt on. He says, you come <laughs> up here, and you put this shirt on, and he says, and it had on there the prudent man. And then basically what was on his shirt was it says the prudent man looks after the simple. And we were like, and the whole time he's preaching, he's touching me. And he's just touching me. He must have touched Ben at least 300 times during this <laughs> sermon. And we're like, and, 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 and I'm getting convicted and I'm getting convicted. And then he calls Pastor Jay up there and he makes him put on a shirt that says the scorner. And basically, the scorner won't listen. He hates reproving. He's proud. And I was like, okay. And so he's, he's preaching, and he's, pre and he's touching Jay. He's touching Jay. And then he calls another guy up there from Ohio who puts on a, a, a shirt that said the fool. And the fool says that there is no God. Now, think about it. How many people that you meet, come in contact with in your everyday life that don't believe in God? That just kind of blew me away. I was like, 
really and truthfully, everyone in this world is discipled. And so the last person he calls up there, and it kind of made me mad because he called him Georgia because he had a UGA shirt on, and he made him put on the wise man. The wise man wins souls. And so here's the three, four big takeaways that I got. The first one was the second night we got back to our hotel room. We're all sitting around stuck in a stare on something on TV. And my son says, hey, man, I need to be discipled. And I was like, man, that's good. And then I started thinking about what we were taught that day as a dad. You know, my son is a blank sheet. He's a simple. And I need to make sure that I take him to being wise and to hopefully being prudent. And then the last thing that I got, the, the next night my wife says, hey, we're coming back next year, so that's always good when your wife says, hey, we're going somewhere next year, especially when she hates traveling. And then the other thing that God just beat me up, that up one side and down the other was you look at all these shirts, all these words, where am I at on that? You know, I, God just lit a fire in me to get, get about this discipleship and make sure that, hey, I need to be prudent, I need to be wise. I don't want to end up being a scorner, and I don't want to end up being a fool. Thank you so much. All right, does anybody else want to share, or are we good? Okay, so. All right, that, I don't know about you guys, but that's awesome. Uh, somebody left their notes up here. I'll move, so I'll read those again. So. Praise the Lord, huh? Yeah, amen. So quickly, we are going to try to get through some of this if we can. Um, we are going to be in 2 Kings chapter 2. We're talking about passing the mantle, right? We've been talking about this for a few weeks now. Um, and obviously, they've already preached the sermon, so if I don't get done, it's cool. Uh, so we saw over the last few weeks, you know, biblical discipleship, it starts with following. And we looked at some key points where Elisha, just like the disciples, uh, you know, first they had to observe. They got called, they got observed, and then they were actually been able to participate in the ministry. Uh, then they were called friends, and, and, and so you, it's really the pattern that goes throughout the Bible. Um, he saw Elijah speaking God's word. He saw it responding, the response of the people, and so uh, that's very important. Number two, we saw that there was a process of growth. Uh, we saw as, them, as he went from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho, in the Jordan, we saw those different cities laid out, right? Um, and so we saw that progression there. Number three, we saw that biblical discipleship results in committed Christians, uh, not casual Christians. Uh, there's a difference between uh, playing church and actually participating. Uh, number four, we saw that biblical discipleship develops kingdom desires instead of carnal. Uh, so we really, you know, Elisha said, hey, I want a double portion of your spirit. You know, the Bible says in James that uh, if you want wisdom, you ask God and he'll give it to you. It says in another chapter in James that you have not because you ask not. When's the last time you asked for something from God, from your disciple? Uh, the guy that's making, uh, pouring his life into you or the lady that's pouring his life to you. Finally, number five, we saw biblical discipleship is rooted in a relationship. Jay just, the man that hit me so hard last week. Uh, just to see that the relationship was intentional. As a father to a son, as a son to a father, uh, there was no, everything was intentional in everything that he did. 
And so today's text, we're quickly, we're going to read out of 2 Kings number chapter 2, 11 through 15. Uh, it says, And it came to pass, as they still went on and taught, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and he rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elijah went over. When the sons of the prophets were which to view uh, at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Let's pray real quickly. Dear God, we love you. Uh, thank you for these testimonies that we've heard. Uh, it's just an awesome, awesome thing to hear uh, you working in, in your people. Uh, today, as we uh, just read for, and study for just a few minutes, dear God, I pray you'd be the teacher. Uh, just get me out of the way. Uh, we love you and give this time to you. Amen. All right, so uh, what we see in this, um, in this is biblical discipleship is evident in its reproduction. You're going to see the theme of this is going to be evidence. Uh, we, may, you know, we may not get through this point, uh, but I know that there's a chair here because I can see it, right? I know that this stands here. I know my Bible's here. I know all this is here because I can see it with my eyes. Um, and what we saw in this ministry, in this continuation of the ministry from Elijah to Elisha, is people saw it. There was evidence there. And, you know, I know, you know, we talk a lot about faith, and, you know, Hebrews says that, the, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, I'm telling you today that discipleship and the evidence of it can be clearly seen. It's not something that you have to have faith in because you can see the fruit. Uh, so look at 11 verses, you know, 11 and 12 again. It says, Elijah went up in the whirlwind, and then he saw him no more. It's very similar to Jesus' ascension in Acts 1. Uh, you know, right, right before he goes, they say, you know, I'm going to give you power. You're going to be able to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. Um, and then, to the, I mean, and then he goes up. But then, they, it doesn't just stop there because they have the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see immediately in Acts 2 uh, that they uh, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. So it was, there was an immediate action. There wasn't any sitting around. There wasn't, well, what do we do now? We got this Holy Spirit. There was an immediate action. Uh, there was continuation. Paul, also in Barnabas in Acts 15, it says, continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And so what you see is this, is this continuation. There's not, there was never a gap, uh, you know, where not, something was not being done. Once the Holy Spirit has, has been given to them, there's a continuation of that ministry of reconciliation to the next generation. Um, you saw that with Moses and Joshua. Uh, if you think about that, there was, Moses was very intentional about how he uh, laid hands on him, how he prepared him for the ministry. He held him in front of the people uh, and said, this is going to be your leader, right? Uh, then Joshua leads them over in the promised land. Joshua 24, 31 said that all the people of Israel served them all the days of Joshua. And then the elders that outlived Joshua then they also did that as well. Uh, so now then, there's a problem though. 
It stops after that. There's a generation that comes up that doesn't know God. There's a generation that doesn't have in their mind that sees the works that he did. And then what do you have? you got a whole book called Judges of them wavering. You know, uh, and it's so, it's so important for us. If you think about 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, I know I'm off script. Don't worry about it, Derek. Um, so if you think about that, you got Paul, you got Timothy, you got faithful men, and others also. That's four, right? Five if you count Jesus Christ. Um, for those of you who have discipled, maybe you've discipled one, maybe you've discipled hundreds, depending on how long you've been doing it. Have you made it to that fourth or fifth generation? Has the person that you discipled discipled somebody, then they've discipled somebody, then that person has discipled somebody? Could you line them up if we had to? Or did it stop at some point? And so what is very important that we see, just like these people shared, am I pouring my life into them in a way which they can reproduce themselves and somebody else? Or am I pouring in knowledge? Am I pouring in information? Am I pouring in... Uh, you know, my, my personality or my habits or what I like to do, uh, you know, activities, or am I pouring in the word of God in them so they can pour it into somebody else? Uh, so they can pour it into somebody else, so they can pour it into somebody else. And it's the same thing. It's, there shouldn't be any drop-off between point A to point B to point C to point D if we're all teaching and reproducing the same thing, right? Uh, we should all look like each other. Um, and so, you know, that's why it's so important. And when you see this, um, and you know, that's, if you think about this, they're so, why would we not just get raptured after we get saved? You know, well, he left us here to do a work. But then he also, there's fruit that's going to be added to our account. So when we stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, hopefully, there's a long line of people that you've discipled, that you've, uh, one to Christ, and you can just say, here's me, here's me, here's me, here's me, here's me, and it all go, can go back to Jesus. Uh, that's, that's the point of discipleship. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, there's a continuation of the ministry. It never stops. If there's a continuation in the ministry, it's just like a relay race. If, you know, one of the things that Joe and uh, James are really in discipleship is they pass a baton out from one person to another. Uh, and it symbolizes, they have their names on it, and it symbolizes a continuation of that. Well, if you have a relay race, you know, you take your baton, you start running, you give it to the next person. Well, what if there's, the next person's not there? Well, what if the next person drops it? Now, what, what chaos that is in the race, right? They drop it, they have to run back, pick it up. Uh, there's all, we don't want there to be any drop-off. Uh, and number two, and we'll probably stop after this, it says it was evident by God's working in his ministry. Uh, evidence. So verse 14 says, And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I think he just asked that for, you know, I think he knew where he was. He says, And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. So, Elisha didn't question 
You know, he knew where God was. He was doing this for the sons of the prophet that are watching. Uh, but the mantle falls, and at that point, he has to make a choice. Do I pick up that mantle or not? He had been, he had been prepared for that moment the whole time he's been following. Uh, from the end of, you know, for, end of First Kings all the way through the end of the book over to, second, you know, to the next. Can you imagine... He sees that mantle fall. He knows that God has just poured out his spirit on me, you know, because he said he would. But do I pick it up? Or do I just let it sit? Elisha picked up the mantle. His ministry is, you know, twice. And we'll have a point there about that in a minute. Don't go there yet. But, um, Who's put their mantle out for you to pick up? Is it still sitting there? You're, whoever discipled you or whoever poured their life into you, did you pick up the mantle? Or are you waiting for somebody else to pick it up? You know, God wants to use you. God wants to you to pick up that mantle. There's a reason that those discipleship relations happened the way they did. Uh, the Holy Spirit did that. And so when that person or that man or that woman pours their life into you, then you have to pick it up and pour it into somebody else. You can't let it stay. Otherwise, the ministry stops. And, you know, the thing that we see about this, too, is there was a desire on his part to pick up that mantle. How many of us have went through discipleship or have been set through the lessons and like, man, I'm so glad that's over. You know, I need a break. How many of us have that desire to take that mantle and say, you know what, by God's grace, I'm going to go. And double what he did. Because God can use me. And so, you know, we see this with Jesus and his disciples. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. You think about that. You got the creator of the universe telling them that, you know what, you're going to be do greater things than I did. I mean, now granted, he could have stayed and saved everybody himself. But because he wanted the ministry to, care, to carry on through them, he gave them that power. Uh, and, you know, when I think about this, you know, those guys all had to leave what they were doing. They all had to follow. How many of us have that desire? How many of us want to go to that next level. You know, and this is for me, this is for anybody here. Are we happy where we are? Or, you know, it's, it's comfortable, right? You know, when you don't have to do anything that you're, you're, you're out of your element. This is uncomfortable for me, you know. This is uncomfortable for all of them. But they did it. You know why? Because I asked them to. You know, they said yes. So 
the thing about it is, is we have to desire to get to that next. We can't be happy where we are. 1 Timothy 3.1, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Uh, and so how many of us, and I'm, this is not just for the applications the same. You know, not everybody's going to be a pastor. Not everybody's going to be a teacher. But do we desire that good work? Do we want to do something for God? Do we want to be used by him? Are we just happy where we are? You know, Luke 9.23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So, I love y'all. I do. Some of us got to take up our cross. I've got to take up mine. I can't wait for somebody else to do it. I can't live vicariously through anybody else in this church. I can't live through my pastor. I can't live through Corey, Dave, Jonathan, Colin, you name it, man. I, I, can't, I can't say, well, they witnessed to somebody or they brought somebody to church or they're going to preach or they're going to teach. And I, it's time for all of us to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's what God has called me to do. So whether that be, you know, to share in Christ, whether it be asking somebody to go to church, whatever he's laid on your heart to do, then it's time to pick it up and do it. And for those of us that haven't been discipled, get set faithful. Start coming when you're supposed to be here. You know, I, I love what Jamie said, that she, she's actually jumping up and down on the stage. So, uh, But that, that eagerness was there because she wanted to pick up the mantle from somebody. And we all should have that desire. There shouldn't be any reason why any of us shouldn't want to be all that God wants us to be because he's poured out his blood and life for us on the cross. And he's worthy. He's worthy. I want to close right there. I don't know what Jay's going to do the rest of the time. We're out of time. But um, I just want to say uh, we're going to have a time of prayer. If you want to come to the altar, you can. But I just want to say to you that he is worthy. And it's such a worthy investment for you to get discipled, for you to decide, you know, this is something for me. I want to continue the ministry of my pastor I want to continue the ministry of whoever's been laid in front of you. Um, we should all want that. And if we don't want that, then we need to search our hearts and ask why. And that's for, that's for each one of us. Okay, let's pray.